Hello, dear listeners. It is cultural program, and here with me in the studio are Federica, Miguel, Serena, and I am Sonia. And today we are going to talk about the ways to have a baby without being pregnant. Of course, I am talking about surrogacy and adoption. In recent years, Europe and the whole world is surviving the steady decrease of fertility. Many, many people are becoming infertile. Among reasons of infertility are bad health conditions, poor lifestyle choices, bad genetics, bad medication. Around 90 million couples around the world experience problems with fertility. But due to new technologies and new possibilities, people can have children. First, let us talk about surrogacy and surrogate mothers. Guys, let's share the information about our countries, Italy, Spain, and Russia, because it's different everywhere. So surrogacy is where a woman becomes pregnant with the intention of handing over the child to someone else after giving birth. So she gives birth to someone else's child. Generally, she carries the baby for a couple or single parent who cannot conceive a child themselves. They are called intended parents. Basically, there are two forms of surrogacy. The traditional surrogacy in which the surrogate mother's egg is used, making her the genetic mother of a child. But in gestational surrogacy, the egg is provided by the intended mother or a donor. So the surrogate mother cannot be the genetic mother of a child. In this case, the egg is fertilized through in vitro fertilization and then placed inside the surrogate mother. And I think it's worth talking a little bit about assisted reproductive technologies that are applied in this kind of surrogacy. I just want to give some definition about uh, the way to have a baby without a pregnancy. In these kinds of assisted reproductive treatment, there is ovulation introduction that's maybe used by women who are not ovulating or are not ovulating regularly. Ovulation induction involves taking a hormone medication which stimulates the production of follicle-stimulating hormone. This encourages the development of one or more follicles. When the follicles are large enough, another hormone is administered which releases the egg from the follicle. If the couple has in course around this time, the chains of conception are greatly increased. Then there is the artificial insemination that uh, is also known as intrauterine insemination and is used to treat women who have normal and healthy fallopian tubes but for unknown reason cannot conceive. This may be due to mechanical difficulties with intercourse For example, a man is not able to achieve an erection or has a structural problems of the penis after trauma or surgery. Artificial insemination might also be used when semen has been frozen due to a male partner's absence or prior to cancer treatment. In vitro fertilization is used in a range of uh, circumstances to assist with conception, but is often the only means of achieving pregnancy for women whose fallopian tubes are blocked. In IVF, the women's eggs are collected along the sperm from the male partner or donor. The egg and sperm are left in a culture dish in the laboratory to allow the egg to be fertilized. If fertilization occurs and an embryo develops, the embryo is then placed into the woman uterus in a procedure called embryo transfer. Sometimes multiple embryos may develop and they can be frozen for use in later transfer procedures. Do you know when the first child conceived this way was born? I don't know. Maybe you have any idea? Maybe in the 80s? The 70s, 80s? Actually, in 1978 in the UK, there was a girl born with the help of extracorporeal infertilization. Yes. It's a long time ago. If you think that uh, not so many people 
talk about uh, in vitro fertilization. Maybe in your country because in Russia it is popular and it's not very expensive, I think. Yes, you are right, in our country <laughs> because uh, it's uh, particularly religious. All right. Yes, but Russia is also a religious country and of course church condemns this way of making babies. Actually, I read an article that uh, say that in this moment in Italy there is an increase of assisted reproductive technology. Maybe we can talk about surrogacy that in Italy is forbidden. So I think the problem is surrogacy because as Federica said, Italy is a very religious country. But maybe in other country it's different. Yes, the problem of Italy is the closed minds because of the religion, the church. You know, we are the Pope home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe it's the same problem for all South Europe. I think we should talk about surrogacy more in the second part of our program. And now let's listen to some music. And we are back in the studio talking about ways to have baby without being pregnant. And we've already introduced the topic of surrogacy. And now I think, guys, we should talk about it more because I know that in your countries the situation is a little bit, no, very different from the situation in Russia, in my country. Uh, for example, in Spain, we have experienced very dramatic situations in recent years related to surrogacy. And uh, here, I think there are two main opposing points of view in my country. Those who invoke freedom all over the world and those who understand the excuse of freedom is only to use to legitimize cruel form of sexual. In any case, in Spain, the division is diffuse among political parties. I mean, it's an uncomfortable debate from them, for them. But if we review different polls, most of the Spaniards support surrogacy. Maximum support figures are around 50 or 60 percent approval. In my opinion, not everything is white or black, but I can understand the trends. On the one hand, because women have the right, it's obvious, to do with her, their bodies whatever they want, but on the other, I believe that if the law doesn't intervene in, in this matter, we could fall into a dangerous legal vacuum that results in dramatic experience. Yes, and actually it can be the cause of fertility tourism flourishing, which sometimes is illegal and is dangerous, but I think we will touch this topic a little bit later. And girls, how is it in Italy? Because I was really surprised when I found out that it is banned to have surrogate babies in Italy. So maybe you can explain me the reasons behind this. Uh, yes, in Italy, surrogacy <coughs> is prohibited by law. Violating it means having criminal and administrative repercussions for anyone and in any way favors this practice. According to this law, it is not excluded that the women who lend themselves to this practice and also to any donors of genetic material can be persecuted. I really don't know about the reasons Maybe, as we said before, because we are a very religious country, so the religious part, it's very important also in the law of Italy. Mm -hmm. Actually, it is a problem, obviously, because law and religion have to be separated. We know it. But I don't want to say that in Italy we have a kind of Islamic law. <laughs> So I think that the public opinion is against this kind of extracorporal pregnancy because of the closed mind and the religion. But I don't know if there are other reasons more logical. You, Federica, know something about it? Actually, I am against uh, the surrogacy, but not for religious reasons or because I am... Uh, closed mind, but uh, because uh, I would like uh, that people think about uh, adopt a baby and not to have another one with the app of another woman. I think it's too much for me and I think that uh, 
this is the real method that is against nature. Okay, this is your opinion. And I want to add that from the ethical point of view, um, I mean, there are two positions about uh, surrogacy. On the one hand, the ones who are against uh, for moral reason and because they see the, this opportunity as a sinister exploitation of the reproductive capacity of women, especially in poor countries. And on the other hand, those who consider it correct if the parts involved are protected by shared international laws for fair surrogacy. Even the client couple may actually be abused from an economic and, emo and uh, emotional point of view when they spend a lot of money, often pocketed by the clinic, you know, Sonia, or when the surrogate mother holds the child because uh, she has changed her mind. But I think those might <coughs> be some particular cases because, for example, in Russia, we have a law that regulates the surrogacy. Do you know that? Yes, but explain more. Yes, could you talk about uh, the situation of surrogate mothers in Russia? Yeah, sure. In Russia, gestational surrogacy and even commercial, when the surrogate mother is paid, is legal. So it makes it available for practically all adults who want to have children, but they cannot have children in a natural way. And also it is very popular among foreign couples to come to Russia and also to Ukraine to meet the surrogate mother who would give birth to their child. And I think it is very important that surrogacy is regulated by the law and by the family code in Russia. I can tell you more after the musical break. So we're back in the studio talking about surrogacy and in Russia. As I've said, there is a law that states that people who are married, they can have a baby with the help of surrogate mother, but they have to get her consent, obviously. And, but she can be a, a surrogate mother on an altruist basis, or also she can earn money for it. But apart from the consent of the surrogate mother, no court decision, no adoption is required for the couple to get the baby. And the surrogate's name is never listed on the birth certificate after the entry of parents in the book of birth registrations is made um, in the hospital. It's normally three, five days after the birth. Uh, the surrogate loses all rights to the child. And what's more, there is no requirement for the child to be genetically related to at least one of the commissioning parents, as it is in the UK or in Ukraine. So basically, you can have a child that is not genetically yours. It was born by a surrogate mother. I want to uh, list something special about uh, Russian law, which states that a woman willing to be a surrogate must be aged 20 to 35. And she doesn't have to be married, which I'm not really sure if she has to be single or she doesn't have to be married. Um, a potential surrogate must have her own healthy children, one to three, and be mentally and physically healthy, obviously. The intended parents, those who want to have a child, should be unable to have a child on their own, which must be proven by medical assessment. So it's not like you come to a clinic and say, I want to have a baby, but I don't want, don't want to bother myself, I don't want to change my body. I don't want my body to change because you have to prove that you tried. Marital status of the intended parents is not important. So <coughs> it means that a couple or also a single parent can have a surrogate baby. And also local surrogate programs in Russia are accessible for foreigners, which means that it's very popular for also Italian couples and Spanish couples to come to Russia to have a baby from surrogate mother. Sorry, Sonia, just a question. What do you think about um, surrogate mother? I personally approve this way of getting a baby because I cannot see anything against the law allows people want to have children with surrogate mothers. There are women who are willing to be helpful, who are willing to be surrogate mothers. And I found that statistically people approve the possibility of using the services of a surrogate mothers. The poll of 2013 showed that 76% of Russians are pro-surrogacy. Yes, And but I mean... It's not about uh, the practice in itself. Don't you think that can cause some negative consequences like in the society? 
But like, for example, it's good for demography. It's good for population. Uh, if there are children, I don't think it's good for society, democracy, and population because we are too much. And it's. I mean, I'm talking about my country. <laughs> no, in general, I think. I mean, we are too much, and there are a lot of children abandoned in orphanotrophy and do you think it's ethical to give the birth to another child i get your point but then it's the same with any usual parent it's unethical to give birth to a child if you can adopt one get my point i don't think it's the same because if you can have it's an end on the other hand if you can't have because you don't have the physical possibility why you have to search with the surrogacy but yeah that's why there are so many technologies like also in vitro fertilization which helps to bear children but people sometimes want to have their own child with their genes you know um i don't know what is the statistic if there is any correlation between adoption and uh, the amount of surrogate babies ah It's not so good, the statistic. You think? Yes, I think because I have the numbers. For example, one time I read an article in The Times about adoption and... This underlined that uh, the last, the latest family courts figures had shown a 36% decrease in adoption application from heterosexual couples, and the same-sex couples' adoption rates have risen uh, 14%. Yeah, a small portion if you think about it. And plus, I think that, okay, you want your own baby, but the baby is yours at the moment you grow up the baby. And I mean, okay, you want, he has your genes. But if you think about it, the only act to give the birth to a baby is egoistic. And plus, it's more egoistic if you think about it. I can't have a baby and I absolutely want a baby who has my genes. But uh, I'm sorry, but it's sometimes I can understand those who do not adopt children. Uh, yes, it is selfish probably. But do you know that children in orphanages sometimes have genetic diseases and they can, you know... I agree. I would not to adopt a baby who has... Uh, some genetical diseases or would you would you adopt a baby who was born by a drug addict maybe yes but i don't know if i would adopt a baby who has some diseases problems um, because i i'm not ready to get these problems and this is the problem of the adoption but it's a problem of the adoption and it's not about surrogacy I'm not sure that adoption is an alternative for this form of fertilization. Maybe it's not an option for all the types of family. At the end, we are talking about the same children and create a family, but the aim, the objective could be different for each family. It depends on what is more important for each family, the baby, or they need to be parents. Like, uh, you mean uh, parents as genetic parents? Yes. Yeah, Miguel, you're right. It's uh, different for people, for different couples. And I think uh, we can talk about some particular cases in the next part. So after musical break, dear listeners, we will be waiting you here. Welcome back, dear listeners. Now we want to talk about couples that had their babies via surrogacy with the help of surrogate mothers. For example, in the US. Yes, a 50-year-old woman gave birth to her daughter's-in-law's child by serving as a surrogate for her son and his wife. Kyla Jones, 29 years old, wasn't able to carry her own child because she had a partial hysterectomy due to cyst when she was a teenager. When she married Cody Jones and and they decided they wanted to have a child, they knew they would have to explore other options to bring a child into the world. That's where 15-year-old woman, Cody's mother, stepped in to help her son and daughter-in-law. This is a particular case, and I'm sure there are many other cases like this. For example, I don't know, in Spain? No, like this, but maybe the person who has done the most in Spain to make visibly the surrogacy is the Portuguese footballer Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who is father of three children conceived in this way, two of them twins he had during his time as Real Madrid player. 
I have the theory that he is homosexual. But Cristiano Ronaldo, or maybe this is the reason why nobody knows about uh, the mother of his child. Actually, he lives with a woman. Yeah. Yes, also Cristiano Ronaldo is a particular case, yes. so we can say it. <laughs> Whatever in Spain, there is no um, official record about the number of these cases, but uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs recently uh, confirmed 300 cases annually only in, in Ukraine. The majority of cases happen in USA and Ukraine, also other countries such as India, Canada or Russia. Unfortunately, the rest of, of the families that have tried to conceive a baby through this practice haven't had as easy as the Portuguese footballer, maybe because the lack of resources and the anonymity don't help these families. Uh, there are families who have had to spend thousands of euros to access these treatments, But the problem is that now they are forced to spend more time in the country of treatment trying to obtain the nationality of the babies, which increase the cost. Yes, that is the problem. I've recently read about an Italian couple who had their child in Ukraine. But when coming back to Italy, they were on court. They were sued because, well, as it's stated by Italian law, they would trying to, I think, steal some child. Like, you know, they couldn't register this child and they couldn't register themselves as this child's parents mm -hmm. because by, practically it was the child of a different woman yeah. from Ukraine. But as a very liberal in this regard, laws in Russia, there are some interesting cases about single parents in Russia who had their children with the help of surrogacy and then they managed to become their parents, I mean official parents. For example, in 2009, a St. Petersburg court resolved a dispute where the single woman could apply for surrogacy and obliged the registration authority to register a 35-year-old single intended mother, Natalia Gorskaya, as the mother of her surrogate son, and she became the first woman in Russia to defend her right to become mother through a court proce procedure, you know. like. And there was also a case of a woman whose son was diagnosed with leukemia and he died but some time before his death she decided to save his sperm so that later she could resort to the help of a surrogate mother to have her grandson after the death of her son and of his dad and uh, there were some similar cases in russia with a posthumous birth, if you know what I mean. Also, there are some single fathers in Russia who had the children with the help of surrogate mothers, which is also legal now. And, you know, as I am pro-surrogacy, I feel in this case, in this field, I feel proud <laughs> for my country. Okay, also in Italy we have an example of surrogate mother, and it's a particular case because the girl, who is 29, couldn't have a baby, and... Grandma was her surrogate mother. And yes, I know, it's a little bit weird. Novella Esposito, who is uh, the, the girl who was uh, imposs impossibilitated to have a baby, was the first uh, Italian person who, who had this kind of pregnancy. Okay, as I told, I am against uh, with this practice because there are a lot of orphans you can adopt and I don't see the need the necessity to have a baby with a surrogate mother I have a question for you Sonia for the Russian situation because I know that in Russia there is the largest number of orphan children and at the same time I know that many people resort to surrogacy Could you tell me why, in your opinion? Well, I have something to say, but I think it's better to wait till the next part. So, after the musical break, I will answer your question. We are back in the studio, and in the previous part, Serena asked me why there are so many people in Russia who resort to surrogacy. Uh, actually, I don't think that there are a lot of people. Well, I found some numbers. There are maybe half a thousand couples a year that have surrogate babies. But I think that most of the clients uh, of the clinics that provide surrogate mothers come from different countries where it is prohibited to have a child with the help of surrogacy. 
Um, that's why I think it's one of the reasons why it is not prohibited in Russia to have surrogate babies, because otherwise we would lose a, a lot of money that we earn with this fertility tourism, you know, because liberal legislation makes Russia attractive for people who look for techniques that are not available in their countries. For example, intended parents come there for outside donation because of advanced age or because they are single, for example, and when they consider surrogacy as well. But since there are no internationally recognized laws for surrogacy, many parents and children can be left uh, vulnerable and sometimes even stateless, like talked in the previous part. So there are also some issues about this. Russia is not a very wealthy country, and people are not rich, and I, I'm sure 99% of the population cannot afford having a surrogate baby. So probably the statistic is made by foreigners who come to Russia to help, you know, okay. to give uh, birth to a child from a surrogate mother. But on the other hand, as I said in the beginning, most of Russians are approving uh, the surrogacy. 60% of the population consider it possible to resort to this measure, but only if it is impossible to have child on their own. But 16% think it is uh, okay, it's fine to resort to the help of surrogate mother in any situation. And 20% of citizens state that the existence of surrogate motherhood is unacceptable. But unfortunately, I don't know what are the reasons for them. I'm pretty sure that many of them might be religious people. And as you've said, as it is in Italy and probably in Spain, church is against surrogacy and assisted reproductive technologies. As well in Russia, church doesn't allow people who believe in God, I don't know, to have children uh, with the help of these technologies. Uh, for example, the Russian Orthodox Church has officially condemned surrogacy. And if you want to have your child baptized and the child was born with the help of uh, the surrogate mother, uh, the parents have to recognize and claim that they did something wrong. And in this case, the child can be baptized. I think it's terrible, even if I don't mind about baptism. But this is uh, like racism. If I can say, oh, come on, church, church is not the most tolerant place in the world. Yes, <laughs> but mm, doesn't matter because I don't want to open another discussion about. Yes, church. we'll save it for later. <laughs> we will save for another program, maybe uh, five programs <laughs> for five programs. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> However, again, sorry, Sonia, but this is the demonstration that there is a correlation between surrogacy and adoption. Because the most you permit uh, surrogacy, the less the children are adopted. But what are, what are the numbers? Yeah. I tell you because I saw in an article that uh, in um, East and Central Europe and uh, especially Russia and Ukraine, what's a case, we have uh, the highest rate of the world with 666 children who live in orphanotrophy every 100,000 and is five times more of the average that is around 120 children every 100,000. So it's a very great number. Yes, Fede, I know we actually have a huge program with a lot of people, who, uh, children who are left by their parents. I'm looking at the statistic right now. I found that comparing to the 2017 and 2018, the amount of children who were left decreased. And I hope it will continue to decrease. But I think... It may happen because of uh, low income per of the parents, uh, because the bad conditions of where parents live, and also because we have a uh, wide propaganda against abortions. Yes, in fact, I don't want to give all the responsibility to the people who income to the surrogacy, because it's not like that. For example, in Italy, The process to adopt a baby is really, really long and uh, sometimes uh, you don't find uh, the hand. I don't know if you get what I mean. I mean, you make uh, this long process and then you don't get a baby. Yes, I understand. Have you ever heard about the law of Dima Yakovlev? No. 
What is it? It was a law implemented in 2013 after the death of a Russian boy who was uh, adopted by an American couple and eventually was air quotes killed by his father because he left him in the car and locked the doors when it was 32 degrees above zero outside. So the boy just died. And after that, I don't want to talk about politics now, but Russia and the US don't have the best relationships now. So there was a law implemented and one of the articles of the law prohibits the US citizens to adopt Russian children. And I have to say that before the law, the Americans were among them those who adopted Russian children more often than others, you know? Yes, I think it's terrible for Russia now. And this discussion is very passionate, but just a little break and we will came back with other stories. Uh, we're back in the studio talking about surrogacy and adoption. And do you guys think maybe, well, Federica, I know you're against surrogacy, but Miguel and Sarah, do you think that the law regarding surrogacy has to be changed and ban should be omitted, rejected? What's the word? Because I've read that nowadays European society, European citizens actually are not against uh, surrogacy. Think about it. In Europe, Surrogacy is banned, right? Which makes a lot of couples and single parents to go to other countries to get surrogate babies, which is also sometimes dangerous and sometimes not 100% safe. I don't know. So maybe, maybe it should be changed. What's <coughs> the political situation? In Spain, we have a new law about surrogacy ratified just a few months ago. Um, I, I'm sorry, I haven't heard of it. Um, the practice, this law makes a comparison between surrogacy and the traffic of organs and, of course, prevents the registration of newborn families such as Spanish. In Spain, I suppose that, as any other country, the different political options try to leave the movement from the different points of views and of course each political option has its particular vision on the different from or forms of gestation. The only political party that defends in Spain the possibility of a woman gest the son of another person, it is Ciudadanos. For me, mm, it's complicated to express, to explain the ideology of this party. Because Ciudadanos turns, for example, a feminist discourse toward the particular liberal conceptation of society, according to which uh, the state doesn't have the right to tell a woman what she can or cannot do with her body. I can agree with that idea, but I don't think that is the topic of the discussion in this matter. Thank you, Miguel, <laughs> because I think the same. Yeah. I believe that this political party is not very interested in feminist debate, but they also use this policy as a Trojan horse to introduce the interests of pressure group uh, lobbies into the debate. But of course, this is just a conspiracy theory that I can't prove. <laughs> the rest of the political group in, in, groups in Spain are opposed uh, to some of this type of assisted reproduction, but for different causes. On the right hand, there is the Popular Party, but of course, his opposition is due to the strong influence of the Spanish Catholic Church. And for them, the most important thing is the defense of the family. But of course, his, his specific and traditional vision of the family. And on the left hand, That opposes because the, I think that for the feminist movement, um, they saw the surrogacy like a, they think that surrogacy violates the rights of women, especially of the less favored or the poorest. What's happened in our countries? 
As I said at the beginning of our program, in Italy we haven't a law for surrogacy. But it's not forbidden to bring with you a child that you have that you have had in another country <coughs> in another country by surrogacy. But because of this situation, often we have problems with bureaucracy. But it's a long story. Uh, generally, we, as I said, we, had a, we haven't a law. Be because of the question was, uh, do you think that uh, the law should be changed? Um, in my opinion, for give an answer to this question, you have you are forced to give your own opinion because it's personal. So uh, I don't know because, for example, I agree with other technology uh, such as assisted uh, reproductive technology for a couple who wants to have a, a baby. But I'm not sure about surrogacy. And not because I am religious or something like this, but because, in my opinion, is to go too far from the nature. Yes, for me the same. And again, it's a way to give other lives. With, uh, it's a way to give the birth to other children, but we are too many in the in the world too many people in the orphan trophy again i'm sorry if i repeat myself but yes as i said for me it's to go too far from nature but i'm not sure i don't want to say that it is egoistic because okay maybe it is egoistic but i can understand the people who yes, want the to desire to have a yes. their own baby yes. in this moment of my life i don't understand i can't understand because i don't want a baby right now but i can imagine the desire of a woman or a couple or also uh, a single woman or a single father uh, because it's natural to feel the desire to have a baby and it's natural the desire to have a baby from someone who, lo who, who you love. So that's why it's complicated to give an opinion. But in general, I think surrogacy is too much. Thank you, Serena. I will explain my reasons after this little break. We're back in the studio and Federica wanted to explain her position with some reasons. Thank you, Sonia. Basically, I agree with Serena, who told that uh, surrogacy is too much. For me, surrogacy uh, go too far from nature, but uh, this is not the only reason. Actually, this isn't a reason, because I think there are other deep reasons that support my thoughts about surrogacy. For example, sometimes... It's difficult to a woman to separate from the baby who was on her lap for nine months because is a child who I thought genetically foreign is very modulated in the expression of his genes, positive or negative, from the biochemical and the emotional environment of the pregnant woman. Just think, for example, of how the lifestyle in pregnancy affects the health of the child positively if the woman is healthy, attentive and well followed from a medical point of view and negative if she smokes, drinks, takes drugs, if she is stressed or malnourished. I get your point, Federica, but that's why there are clinics that specialize in surrogacy. Yes, and but I am she has talking in general, not about surrogacy. Oh. I am talking uh, about uh, the motherhood the, the bond yes yes the bond uh, that is created with the pregnancy in general yes so but then the health issues are not relevant to surrogate mothers because she has to be healthy both physically and mentally 
Yes, it was just an example to explain how the, the bond is so strong between the baby, the fetus and the woman. Not only because, of course, her lifestyle, but because in nine months you grow up a being, a little being in your lap and became a child. So rationally, surrogate mother knows that uh, she has to leave the baby, but emotionally, sometimes she can't. Yes, uh, there are some cases when mothers... Yes. But, for example, in um, the Russian law states that surrogate mothers are allowed to reinstate their parental rights if they desire. So this puts the intended parents into this unstable situation when they can be sure that someday this mother doesn't come and doesn't answer, doesn't ask for the baby, you know? Yes. Yeah, at this point, I, I agree with you. Yes, it's, uh, for me, really, it's too much complicated. Yes, but on the other hand, if these people want to resort to surrogacy, they may have to admit that there are a lot of possible consequences here. So it's, uh, it's their conscious decision. You know? Yes, I know. I know what you mean, but I am still against surrogacy. Yes, because you are for adoption. If you don't understand, dear listeners, I am pro-adoption and against surrogacy. And against surrogacy, pro-adoption. Exactly. Thank you, Sonia. Some always depends on those people who contribute, on those volunteers or those anonymous people or those uh, people or those unanonymous, like surrogate mothers, who are ready to donate their body, their resources in order to give birth to someone else's child. And there are different ways to help infertile couples, egg donations, sperm donations, and those people also have their own motives, their own reasons to be donors, not only commercial, I think. So, And those people also have their own reasons to be donors. Yes, uh, there are two main reasons that push a man to donate his semen or put it in a special bank like sperm bank. There are donations from fertile men who wish to preserve their reproductive options. Men often keep their sperm for future use. For example, when they are faced with surgery or chemotherapy or vasectomy. And similarly, men who work in conditions that put their fertility at risk, such as athletes, soldiers or men who work with environmental pollutions often use semen bank. But there are also donations from men who contribute for altruistic or financial reasons. Sperm donated helps infertile couples or single who wants to have a son. Obviously, there are general requirements for those who want to donate sperm. Men must be at least 18 years old and under 14 years old. They must be able to engage in the program because usually it is about from six months to a year. They should be able to provide their family's medical history, usually two or three generations. And they must not have chronic health problems, obviously. Donors may choose to remain anonymous or make their identities available to any future. Anonymous donors are often willing to provide descriptive details about themselves and their family history with the awareness that they will never have direct communication with the receivers. Anonymous donors have sealed register for life. Some semen bank will allow them the possibility of becoming donors with ID consent at a later date if they wish. And you know, there are some sperm bank who ask for a night level people, if you know what I mean. They ask for the degree, for example, the studies of this man who donates their own sperm. So it means that a woman can choose her son or daughter. What do you think about it? I have nothing against and I think why not if I'm a mother-to-be and I want to have a good father for my future children or child. I can choose any material, <laughs> you know. What if I can't find this in the, in the real world? So for you, it's just material. Okay, I'm um, sorry, this is a funny discussion, but I think we have to continue after the musical break. We're back in the studio. Serena told us about sperm banks and the possibility to choose future father of your child. And Federica wanted to answer something. Okay, the question was, uh, what 
I think about the sperm bank, right? I mean, this is another kind of having a baby, but I am not so against like a surrogate mother. However, I think that uh, choose the characteristic of your future child is like disturbing, no? Because it's not like a surprise, not like uh, when you get pregnant naturally. I don't know. I am not against, but uh, for me, it's just like uh, weird and a little disturbing because you choose the characteristic like a robot. I don't know. But it's also about the health of a child. When you are sure that the child will not have genetic problems, will be healthy and with good characteristics. Yes, I, I, I caught what... Yes. I totally agree with this, but it so, sounds kind of weird. You can choose like the color of uh, your future child or the color of uh, his hair. But uh, uh, don't we do that when we are looking for the partner? It's practically the same. When uh, you meet a person, anyway, in the back of your head, you think about, f- well, not immediately, ah, probably. come on. <laughs> You know better than me that you fall in love uh, with people you never thought about. Yes, but still, ah, no, no, we are animals, social animals. Yes, guys, but um, I was thinking about a point we don't approach it. Because we talk about surrogacy and adoption and other ways to have a baby and now... We are talking about spermank, but no one, generally I say it, no one think about the child. Because I think, and sometimes I ask myself, if I was a daughter by a couple who chose me in a sperm bank, I don't know how I felt about it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I got your point. Or, for example, those babies who were born from a surrogate mother, we never think about the thoughts, the feeling of those babies. So the point is, what do you think about the feeling? Because maybe it's egoistic to think only about who wants to have a baby. That's the point to having a baby. I mean, to be parents, it's an egoistic thought. And it's an egoistic desire because, come on, you don't have to make happy someone who can't exist yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You only want to make happy a person who is your desire. But is more egoistic if you income in this kind of practice like surrogacy or sperm bank or assisted reproductive fertilization. These are more egoistic. I think uh, explaining to a baby that was born with this way could be shocking for him one day. I see your face, Sonia. Do you want to say something about it? Well, even if the child gets to know that he or she was born um, with the help of assisted reproductive technologies, well, I try to imagine myself being such a child. I, I don't know. For me, it wouldn't be maybe some kind of a shock. I don't know. It is uh, also important that in recent years the attitude towards new ways to have a baby it has changed now people are not that skeptical about ivp in vitro fertilization you know and other technologies that help people have children so maybe in upcoming years those children who were born with the help of some technologies they won't feel uncomfortable in the society even if they feel uncomfortable now i don't know Yes, because it will be not uh, taboo anymore. That's mm. the question. It is taboo now because there are laws that prohibit 
such ways as surrogacy and somewhere even extracorporeal fertilization. If we want these children to feel happy, then laws needed to be changed, maybe. Now about your last opinion, could you feel yourself like the, if you were a daughter chosen by that kind of technologies, could you feel yourself like a car or like a dog or like an object that the only use is to grab for your parents? It's too materialistic for me to create a family by that kind of technologies. Yes, but come on, it's the same technology that happens in the... It's not It's not that machines or robots make your baby. It's the same, just it's not in the woman because sometimes the health of a person doesn't allow him or herself to have a baby, to bear a baby, to give birth to a baby. That's why these technologies exist. It's not because everybody wants to ch choose his child's hair or eyes, color, I don't know. It's not because nobody wants to get pregnant It's just because people really experience problems with fertility. Yes, it is true. Indeed, we were talking about the consequences. When I mentioned it, the feeling, I wanted to talk about the consequences and the emotional consequences of the child. Yes, I think that was exactly what was explaining Miguel, saying that... Uh, As a child, uh, you might feel like uh, a car or an object because, I mean, you weren't born in the classical way to have a baby. Sometimes you have to pay to have a baby. And as a child, maybe growing up under your mind can be created sort of doubt about you as the daughter or the son? I was referring to the surrogacy when I mentioned the feelings. Yes, me too, in particular, of course. And I want to specify that I am not against the other technologies. I am just imagining what could be the feelings of a baby who discover he wasn't born in the classical way. Uh, however, maybe I'm not the best person to express an opinion on this mm -hmm. topic. I mean, being a man, I can put myself in the role of a woman in this situation. I can imagine myself in the future needing these technologies either. Therefore, why should I have an opinion about it? Why should I, with my words, stand against families that really need this help? I don't know. It can be disappointing, but I think that... In this life, you don't have to have opinions about everything. There are occasions when it is preferable to listen and try to understand the problem. And for me, this is one of them. Thank you, Miguel. Today we've been talking about new technologies and techniques and procedures for infertile people to make a baby. Some people who resort to help of assisted reproductive technologies do want to have a child, but for them it is important to have a child with their genes, but other people adopt children from orphanages. So it's always up to you what choice to make. We'll see you next week, same place, same frequency. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.